Hey, what's up? Welcome back to Amateur Hour. My name is Riley. I'm your host. And every week on Amateur Hour, I chat to another runner about their training, their goals, how they fit running in with the rest of their life, and so much more. Today, we've got a really special episode. I feel like I say that every week, but I mean it this week. Uh, chatting to one of my good friends, founder of The Lost Boys, founder of Running Hype, which you've probably seen if you have the internet, uh, all the way in New York City, Tim Rossi. Tim, how are you? Dude, big intro, a lot of pressure, but uh, nah, man, we're doing well. I'm, I'm stoked that the internet works so that we can be chatting. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So it's uh it's Sunday afternoon for you. Sunday where, afternoon, which which is insane to say because it's Monday morning where you are, and every time I talk to anyone like this, it makes me realize how big the world is. It's cool. Uh, and whereabouts are you exactly? Yeah, uh, so I'm in New York City. I mean, anyone that's familiar with New York, uh, where I live on the Upper West Side with my girlfriend, we love it. I'm born and raised like probably four miles from here in lower Manhattan. Um, so yeah, we're, we're in New York. There's none of this like Westchester, Long Island, which are all awesome places, but sometimes you get the like, I'm from New York, but I'm, I'm actually in New York, which is fun. People, people claiming it when they're not really from there, right? Yeah, exactly. A lot of, a lot of that going around for sure. Um, so I reckon let's, Let's jump into it. So, I mean, you and I chat a lot and right now a lot of our conversation is around Chicago Marathon. It's uh it's 9 weeks out. I I've not run Chicago before. Obviously I've been there, but I'm I'm super excited to run it. Have you run it before? Or I mean, I know you've spent a lot of time there, but not run it. Yeah, I I make it really confusing. So I I lived there for like two years and had the opportunity to work with the marathon via a job I had with Nike, which was super super cool. Um, but I've also uh, like twice I paced various individuals. I had a bib, like I, I was in the race, but I had no intention of finishing. So I've ran the majority of the race, but not ever like one as a race for myself. But then two have never. I guess they kind of confusing. I, I've never officially crossed the finish line is probably the best way of saying it. Last year, I had a buddy um, who I jumped in super, super late. It was his first marathon, this guy, David Ruiz. Uh, and like by that time of the race, they kind of just let us finish, which was really, really cool. So I guess I did technically cross the finish line. But no, this will, this will also be my first officially, which will be cool. Nice. Um, and you are a pretty experienced marathoner um done a few yeah pb of 231 i think that's still right yeah that's still true unfortunately but hopefully chicago changes that you you had a couple of swings at it last year too right was it berlin and new york maybe yeah yeah you're you're doing a better job so i'll I'll jump in and, and give you the context but yeah i think i mean actually you you might know better than i do but i think this will be like marathon number six or seven for me that I, I probably would need to double check. Um, but PB comes from 2018 at the New York City Marathon. I'm, I said it before, born and raised in New York. I've ran New York a lot. Um, I've done Boston once. And then last year was my first, not either of those, which was cool. So I went to Berlin with the intention of trying to break 230. Had an interesting go about things super awesome race but the the short of it is i tested positive for COVID on the way over i tested negative before the race but still weird 
uh, and then tried to double back and run New York. And New York was unfortunately a hot and humid day. And I was the cliche stubborn runner is probably the easiest way of putting it of like, I, I wanted to run New York because I wanted to try and break 230 still. And, and I did not modify my goals the way that I probably should have. And I did not finish that race. So uh, hopeful, hoping for better in Chicago. Yeah, for sure. Well, maybe let's talk, let's talk about Chicago. Have you got a goal in mind at this point? Like, or are you someone who, because this is something I've been talking to a lot of people about recently, like, are you setting a goal 12 weeks out? Or are you setting a, or are you just sort of getting through the training and then setting a time goal later on? How do you do it? Yeah, it, it's a little bit. So I've done it both ways in the past. I'm actually working with a coach this year, which is super exciting. Just a buddy of mine started helping guide my training a few months ago and like has been really helpful to bounce ideas off of. What we're doing this go around is we have like a a rough idea of what we'd like to do in our minds is kind of the the best way of describing it. And that's somewhere under 230 right now. I think what we'd written down or talked about was like 228, 229. Um, and mostly what that means is he's like giving me workouts that he thinks are um, leading towards that. But when we had that conversation at this point, it was like six weeks ago, we simultaneously were like, okay, we're going to keep this in our minds. But like, we're going to evaluate in the middle of training and then we're probably going to evaluate again three, four weeks out Chicago. I mean, marathon training in general in Chicago, this go around, I think is interesting. And I know that you you're approaching it. I, I think differently than this, but I think in general, we think about it the same way of like, it, you're not going to fake your way to a marathon PB. Like you can have a goal at the beginning of training, but you need to be relatively flexible with it because something happens or just, training doesn't go as well as you thought it would. Like you need to be able to look on the paper and be like, okay, like this, I am not capable of what I thought I was 16 weeks ago or even simultaneously on the flip side, like you can get there and be like, Hey, actually, I think my goal was too easy based on the training that I'm doing. Like maybe we should adjust it. So trying to have a little bit of, of flexibility in there, but I mean, the actual answer is yeah. Like hoping that we're tracking towards under 230, which based on past stuff, I think it is definitely true right now. It's a little weird with like the, the weather and stuff in New York of trying to gauge uh, where we're at, but, but yeah, it's going pretty well. And like, I guess if we look at to run, you know, and it's, it's a while ago now, right? 2018, but to run 231 in New York, not, not historically a fast course, like not typically fast. I think like People don't really think about it, but you've got obviously a lot of bridges. You've got that last section through Central Park. Like it's it's tough running. Contrast that with the Chicago course. Yeah, you, you, you know, the elements in Chicago can can make things tough, especially if it's windy. But um, Chicago has to be the flattest of the majors, right? Oh, I think so. I think it's flatter than Berlin. At least yeah. the race director would say that. <laughs> so it's just so, not even close. I mean, if you if you think about it in that term, right? Like you've come really close to that two thirty before Berlin was still a pretty good run. Like, if there's a place to do it, it probably is Chicago. Yeah, yeah, I think there's definitely part of that. It's like uh, I simultaneously am like a, a pretty uh, like starch defender of New York, and like New York's hard. Don't get me <laughs> wrong, but like especially the uh, the the energy of New York, I think like offsets maybe some of the the difficulty with the course. Though that that's not 
probably true in any actual stretch of the imagination. But no, I mean, like, yeah, it, it, in it, the easiest way of putting it is, yeah, Chicago is definitely the fastest course I will have ran. I'm sure. I mean, Berlin is obviously extraordinarily fast, including last year. I mean, Kipchoge set the world record literally on the same day. So it's hard to say that, like, it's not fast. It's definitely fast. But I think, at least for me, like coming from New York, it's the same country. It's a really short flight. Uh, and, and then, yeah, you you add the course into it. It's like, okay, yeah, like this is this is pretty quick. And simultaneously, yeah, Chicago gets a bad rap because it's had like a few interesting years with the weather. Um, but hopefully, like, I mean, every single race at this point, the weather is shifting so much that like, who knows what will come about in October. But you could still get an amazing day is like. I think what we all kind of hold out for of like, Hey, hopefully it, it works out in our favor. Yeah. Um, Hey, I'd love to, I'd love to talk about a training week. So maybe we talk about, maybe you run us through um, what this week's training has been like Start up Monday. Tell us where you're running paces, you're running, what workouts you've been doing, stuff like that. Yeah. This is a big deja vu for the, for the FTK, just walking through the weeks. I love it. Yeah, because uh, I listen to that. I, I listen to podcasts while I run now. I've become that guy, which is fun. I have a, a pair of half tights that I can keep my phone in. So it's fun. It must be, um, yeah, it I must mean, be uh, difficult to convert kilometers and miles. Uh, I don't know how. I like it kind of just goes over. I mean, I know the math, like I, I know like the how many meters a mile is, but no, I, I have no idea what like my week in kilometers works out to. So you'll you'll have to correct me or, or correct this for the listeners. Yeah, exactly. Um and, and I'm sure I, I'll preface this by saying that I guarantee I'm gonna forget paces and stuff. But uh, my my weeks are generally, at least right now, pretty similar, though there has been some shifts in the last two weeks that we've started to do but uh, Monday is generally like uh, an optional day for me it's either every two three weeks I take it as an off day um, the rest of the time I'm doing it as like a really slow 20 minute 25 minute recovery jog um, that for me is like eight minute pace which I, I believe is in the like four and a half minute kilometer range um, but I, I live right next to Central Park. So anyone that's around in New York knows that Central Park is like huge and awesome. Um, so a lot of my running is done in Central Park, especially for the easy days. So Monday is that. Tuesday is usually like a, a 45 minute to an hour, depending on what we've done the weekend before. Again, pretty easy um, jog. And that for me, one of the big things that I started to do in my training this year was slow down my easy jog. So again, it's kind of in that like seven thirty to eight minute pace range. Um, so what, easy. And then usually, yeah. What, what, what prompted that? Cause I'm starting to do something similar and like, it's probably the, the golden rule that almost everyone should do, right. It's just slow down and get easy yeah. ones. But what, yeah. what made you do that? It, I mean, it, I think it was, in general, it's just like actually listening to the like uh, the concept of your easy days are to recover so that you can run harder on your hard days. I think that's like the crux of it. Um, and, and I mean, I think like the big thing and the way that I've tried to approach this year, especially I, I was I'm putting in air quotes, which I know doesn't work on a podcast, but like self-coached before, yeah. like I wrote my own training, I kind of did my own thing. Um, and like one of the big things that I've tried to do this year, especially working with someone is, uh, like be open to new ideas. And one of the things that he was really big on was like taking the easy days easy. And I think the biggest 
shift in like the training that I was writing myself to what I'm doing now with this guy is uh, the workouts have gotten significantly harder, whether it was earlier this year when we were training for indoor track um, to now where it's like getting ready for marathon stuff. He, he's definitely um, like pushing me in a, in a way that I probably wouldn't by myself or I haven't by myself. Like uh, I would be stoked on running certain paces previously. And he's, he's definitely like, okay, let's see, like, can we go faster for these K reps mm-hmm. or can we go longer? And it, it's been um, helpful, like the slowing down on easy days to make sure that I'm prepared for stuff. And then honestly, I mean, at this point, like we we've kind of ran into a spot where I think it's kind of like all I've got sometimes, like I get out <laughs> the door and I feel like it feels like it's the right effort, which is probably ending up in the right space. I mean, today I jogged really granted early. I had a work then, um, but I think I ran like 830 per mile, which like I wouldn't have done ever before. Like I, I just don't overthink it at this point. If it feels like my body's recovering, that's huge. And I'm sure, I mean, I'm curious, I, is it a similar reason that you're doing it or is it like yeah, something else? I think yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it is similar. I think like workouts are getting harder, or like that intensity level goes up in your workouts. So, um, just I, you know, I get to like so Sunday, obviously long run, and then Monday morning is like supposed to be really easy because Tuesday I'm back on the track. So Monday I'm just like, well, I want to run, I want to keep my body moving, but I can't afford to do any damage to my body today, so I need to just chill. And honestly, as well, it's so nice, like slowing down on your easy rounds and just like really chilling and like not raising the heart rate too high like it's just so nice and for like forever of like I would do my easy runs at maybe like um so like maybe like 440 per k which I've got a little converter here is like a seven (laughs) is like a 730 mile same and now I'm like doing them more at five minute k's which is an eight minute mile and the difference is huge. It's so much more enjoyable. It's so much easier. Yeah, it's just fun. And it gets you out the door sometimes. Like if you feel real bad, there's like it, it removes a little bit of not like pressure because it, it's all like we're doing this for ourselves in the end. But it is like, OK, like if I feel bad, that's fine. Like I, I don't need to run fast. I don't need to press my body. The point is to like get out the door and get like some time on feet essentially and like that that's fun to be like well regardless i'm running 45 minutes it doesn't matter if i go a mile shorter than i normally would like this is the right thing to be doing which totally. is cool yeah agree yeah 100 percent. um so yeah like that that would be tuesday in general now for me the schedule has wednesdays as workouts so just this past week uh for example i had on the schedule it's not what i ended up doing um i had five by two mile written on the schedule i ended up doing four by two mile um with a like 90 second jog between them and it was supposed to cut down a bunch so starting at um 550 pace which is 345 ish or three like 40 something three three thirty eight three thirty eight yeah there you go the conversion right there uh so i was supposed to start there and then work down to faster than marathon pace um didn't have it in the legs i'd had a big workout on sunday so i kind of adjusted um that did four by two miles still felt like i had a good workout but did that and then this is where the the tweaks kind of come in so well one i should say for a lot of the workouts that i'm doing now it'll be a mix depending on the day between central park or the west side of the highway with chicago 
it's flat. We're trying to get onto some flatter stuff in the West side highway is just a big bike path in New York that stretches in my case. I'm, if I go South on it, it's like four miles of relatively uninterrupted, um, bike path, which is awesome. There's a few moments in there where like a, a straight crossing might happen, but I, I'm generally good enough at timing those lights at this point where it's not like too disruptive. It gets a little, little dicey every now and then, but I mean, as you know, as well, like I don't, I don't want to stop in the middle of a, a tempo run or a faster rep. So like you, you slow down, you, you bob and weave a little bit so you can go behind cars when you have to, but uh, nothing too dangerous, hopefully. Um, but in terms of the shifts, so that's one thing getting down to the West side highway, but then generally speaking on Thursdays. Now we have like a, a day where I run intentionally just a little bit faster. It's generally a little progressive. Mm-hmm. It's not fast by any means. It's getting down to like the the 440, 430 range for kilometers. So like 730 down to seven flat pace, sometimes ending on like some 645s. Um, and that's mostly to like try and flush the legs a little bit harder. It's one of the things that we were thinking of like hey, maybe my body does do well with some of this like moderate running every now and then, or or maybe moderate running actually might be unfair to call it. It's probably like the the faster end of easy running um, where just like my form is a little bit better. I'm a little bit more focused and conscious, but we're not doing a ton there. It's usually like 35 minutes to 45 minutes. Um, So that's fun. And then Friday, again, one of these shifts, Uh, This we're doing in Central Park, though, sometimes it's only been two weeks of doing this, but um, my coach is calling it like a speed development day. And it's really like glorified structured strides is the best way of describing it. Um, So like I I get onto the track or I do it on the roads and it's uh, three, three sets of 200, 400, where the 200s are like mile pace and then the 400s are like uh probably like half marathon effort to 10k effort um and it's really just to spin the legs and it's one of the things that we haven't been doing in a while and it's which i'm sure we'll get into a little bit but like i i've felt since marathon training started which i think is pretty normal to marathon training and also just like the the conditions in New York, it's like I, I felt pretty flat. There were some paces that I was able to run previously that just like aren't coming as naturally um, right now. And it, it's like feeling harder. So we've introduced this of like, hey, maybe if we like spin the legs a little bit more, all of a sudden the tempo runs will start to feel a little bit smoother, which mm-hmm. I, I definitely think could work. It's one of the things that's been a definite shift in my training is like there was um, – I always like stayed in touch with speed a little bit more. I didn't necessarily connect or or commit to like all in marathon training, strength training, that type of stuff um, as like extremely as I have now where my workouts are pretty long, like from the jump. Um, But I'm definitely feeling stronger because of that. So it's obviously a give and take, but these Friday things have been interesting. Um, So we'll, we'll see how those all go. And then in general, it varies. This is where like the the life comes into it. Saturday or Sunday will be my lawn run. What I should say is like this is my last week, so Saturday was my lawn run. But if my lawn run is Sunday, that speed development day and the the moderate running day, those push back. So it's like faster, moderate running, speed development, lawn run, um, three days in a row, and none of like it it, it just adds another easy day in there. So my Sunday would move 
to Thursday for anyone keeping track of this. I'm, I'm sure it's not easy, but for the sake of simplicity this week, my long run was on Saturday. So I did that faster day on Friday, my long run right now. Um, I'm only doing two workouts a week, two real workouts, I would call them because I wouldn't consider the speed development day a workout, just not enough volume. Um, but long runs are are quality days for me right now. So this long run, for example, a little bigger than some of the ones that I've been doing because we've started to build the volume. But I did one mile warm up um, straight into one mile or sorry, eight miles of moderate running, um, which, again, for me is kind of that like 645 to 630 pace um for miles so i think that's getting down towards like the the four flat probably like 410 kilometer pace um so did that for eight miles which then right into um eight miles of like tempo work which is supposed to be marathon pace or goal marathon pace right now so this weekend for example the goal was to end up right in between 530 to 540 pace um so probably right around like 335 to 330 per kilometer um, again, I'm sure those conversions are a little wrong, but no, relatively pretty, right. But they're pretty good. Uh, oh, yeah. It's easy. I mean, uh, an aside, uh, I'm decent at math, but like paces are hard. Six flat for miles is 345. So I just guess after that. I'm like, yeah, that <laughs> sounds right. Um, but yeah, so so did that. And, and the big asterisk that I put on all of it is like one of the things that I've been really balancing. New York gets really, really humid during the summer. Um and like there, there's something literally called the misery index, which is like dew point plus temperature. And it tells you how like hard running or exercise outdoors should be. Uh, and with running specifically, there's a bunch of conversion charts, which I don't really look at. But there is a level of like awareness that I have in the back of my mind of like if it's really bad out, like if I'm running five thirties like that that effort is closer to like five twenties or something like that um so this weekend wasn't horrible i ended up running so those were the goals my actuals were like i think i averaged 640 pace for the the moderate section and then i got down um and granted a little bit all over with the tempo run like it, it definitely sped up towards the end which was good but i ended up averaging like 546 which was a really good workout for me. And then one mile cool down, 18 miles on the day. Um, so right around two hours of running, which is the first time that I've ran close to two hours. Um, and then Sunday is like an easy 50 to 60 minute jog, um, just flushing the legs out and then I'll do it all again next week. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, this week has kind of been a, a good um like example week of what I've been dealing with a lot with this training so far, at least where there's workouts that I've had on paper that I've just gone out and been incapable of doing. And then simultaneously having workouts where it like shows a a glimmer of hope is what I would call it of like, (laughs) Oh, okay. Like things are actually going. Okay. Um, And and it's just been the balance of like, this happens every single year. I've gotten really into like looking back on some of my old training where like, the humidity's bad, the the fitness is coming around, the legs are heavy, and like things are just slower than I think they should be. And then all of a sudden we're gonna get to September and it's gonna click. Like it'll it'll happen. Um, but that doesn't make it any easier. So there's definitely been these like mental swings of like, shit, if I'm supposed to run five forties for my marathon and I can't run eight miles of five forty right now, is my goal too ambitious? But 
simultaneously like that's not actually how it works um so yeah it's been an interesting balance of like we have good workouts and they feel good sometimes and then i've also had my fair share so far this block of like not good workouts where i've just like not been able to hit paces um and, and had to adjust a lot yeah man yeah that's uh, and that i think that comes with like experience of being here before and like having run a bunch of marathons you know that like all right, it's going to suck early on and I'm not going to hit that marathon pacing workouts and it feels too hard and blah, blah, blah. But it always comes around. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and like exactly what you just said simultaneously, like there's definitely always a part of me that's like, oh, but this time, like maybe it won't come around. <laughs> so like, I know it will, but that, like I would be lying if I didn't say like I I'm gonna go get my blood tested on Tuesday because I'm like oh am I just iron deficient and like <laughs> I'm not I'm definitely not but like it's still a good thing to check um, yeah. but yeah I mean that like just paints the picture of like yeah there definitely is a bit of me that's like but let's see I I mean I it's also a weird one because I am definitely a uh, like I do better on rate I I can't go as deep in workouts as I can on race day. That's just like something that I'm incapable of. Um, and it's something that I am aware of myself. So like hitting paces and workouts has always been harder for me than race day. That doesn't mean that like, I can just expect it to happen on race day, but there, there is part of me that knows like, okay, like if we can hit some of these things and as we get closer, I have a few, um, like benchmark workouts that I've done previously that I'm sure they'll be different this year, but I, I'm sure we'll have something similar where like, we'll go do a long tempo run. And if I'm able to hit certain paces, I, I can pretty confidently be like, okay, like we're, mm. we're good to go. Mm. How many miles for the week this week? Uh, this is where you're going to have to do the kilometer uh, conversion, but I ran 60 miles for the week this week, which I know because I really wanted to run 60 and I like ran like 60.1 and I felt really stoked about that. I think, I uh, think it was like a good I think benchmark. That's a, I think that's a hundred Ks. Is it right oh, on? I think it's just under 96. Oh God. No, we're right there. <laughs> we'll get to a hundred Ks at some point. I, I will preface just cause I'm sure, I mean, and cause we talk about it. I know you ran 70 this past week miles, which I'm sure is over a hundred K so you can rub it in my face. Um, but I, I am definitely on the, the lower side of volume. I've had a few injuries in the past, some stress related stuff where I was trying to run a lot. Um, and yeah, knowing myself, I mean like 60, I'm stoked on it. It's definitely my biggest week, honestly, in probably like a year, um, since marathon training last year and like definitely my biggest mileage week this year. So, uh, it felt good and it wasn't like chasing miles, which I, I feel good about as well. I definitely knew how much I needed to run today to hit 60, <laughs> but I didn't go out and do anything that was like off the plan, which I, I felt good about. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And is that um, now that you're working with a coach, like, are you guys talking about approaches to mileage and total volume or yeah. And is, is, is he or she like trying to pull you back a bit or yeah. What's that look like? Yeah. It, it's funny. Cause like we've only, we chat once a week. It, it's someone that I used to work with at Nike, just a really good friend. So like, it, it's really helpful. Cause I feel like we have a really good dialogue and like he trusts me a lot with stuff 
um, to like go out and do the right thing. I also think he just trusts me with the efforts. But yeah, I mean, like we've chatted once a week essentially all year. I literally think we've talked about mileage once and it came up in a conversation last week. And mostly what I mean by that is like we focus significantly more on like the day to day of what we're doing. And like the final number that kind of spits out at the end is whatever it is. Um, and that always comes with like that. That's something that I remember about marathon training. Mean, and even this week, my mileage was probably a little low because I cut that workout short on Wednesday. And like, if I'd done the full volume of that, I probably would have been a little bit higher. Um, but it is like, he'll, he'll add minutes to the easy days and the longer and the workouts get longer, but we're never talking specifically about, um, volume. And I, I think that's mostly because it's not like a problem for me right now where we're ending up in the range where I feel healthy and I feel fit, but I also feel like I'm like pushing myself. I could probably squeeze a little more if we needed to, but one of the big things that we talked about early on was being extraordinarily consistent the entire year. And in the past, whereas I might've been someone to like chase a huge week here or there and then get banged up and have to take like a down week. Um, the approach in general has always been like, let's make sure that we're stacking weeks of really good training. And I think like, I'm not thinking about mileage at all. I'm sure he is <laughs> It's the, yeah. the better way of saying it. Like he, he's thinking about something that I'm just not I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm doing every run that I have to do on this piece of paper that we do. It's not a piece of paper. It's an Excel spreadsheet, but, uh, <laughs> neither here nor there. Yeah. I think, um, in terms of mileage, like I, I'm a little bit similar. Like I don't think a lot about it. I, I know, I kind of know when I feel best and that's not necessarily yeah. the highest mileage number. Um, but there's a, I, I just know my body, there's a range where I feel really good. I feel there's a range where I feel really fit and really light and fast. Um, but then also I don't feel super tired and like banged up and not recovering and whatever else. Whereas like if I tip over, you know, so like right, right now, and maybe we'll, we'll go through my training week in a sec, but, um, yeah, I was 115 K, which is like, I don't know, 70 something, 70 miles maybe, or just over or whatever. But that's like a spot for me where everything feels good. I'm tired, but not too tired. Like I can get up for all my workouts, but once I start, if I had like another five miles to that or another 10 miles, I start to feel pretty average and it's not, I can't do it for more than like two weeks at a time and then I'm going to drop back anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's, you figure it out at like every single person's different. And we've both figured this out over a while of like your workouts go well, your running goes well. I love what you were saying about like, you feel sprinty, you feel like fit. Um, and as soon as you go over that edge, it's like, yeah, all of a sudden everything just starts to go to crap, uh, which sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so we don't normally do my training week on the show oh, i want to know your training week though. But, but well i figure like because we are both doing chicago and we spend so much time talking about chicago we might as well go through it so um monday for me yeah like because sunday is long run day monday is is just recovery it's it's very optional like my coach joel will sort of say like 30 minutes to 50 minutes anything in there like whatever do what you need to do so um, this week I did 50 minutes, which means I was probably feeling pretty good at, um, at 4.45 a K, so a bit faster too for an easy run. So that's um, that's 7.40 pace for you. Um, 
actually Tuesday, and then I, I did gym Monday night. Actually, that's one thing we didn't go through. Did you do any gym work last week or this week? Uh, I, I'm the worst person to talk about this. I listen to Joel and Brett and those guys talk about it, and like I go to the they go to the gym with much more purpose than I do, which I'm sure you did as well. I, I go to the gym like I, I do some sort of strength work every single day because I like it, but it's like glory like i go bench press i go do pull-ups <laughs> my pt the other day not as a knock at me but he was like pull-ups are the only strength exercise this was him his quote was like pull-ups are the only strength exercise that don't benefit running at all that i do all the time <laughs> and i was like yeah same like i agree with Sick. you uh i do need to do more i i i will say i've started doing like two days specific um like prehab slash lower body strength stuff that i think feels good but yeah i like the strength work i just think it keeps me healthy even if it's pull-ups and bench press so uh, uh, that, that's okay <laughs> i'm glad you say this because i think we're kind of similar here so i i try and go two to three times a week and um ideally the only reason i oh, ideally the main reason i go would be just for lower body strength prehab you know all that running specific stuff and i kind of break my time at the gym into three sections so lower body core and then mobility which is just you yeah. know general maintenance and stuff like that and yeah if i if i was like really focused and disciplined i could do all three sections in like an hour hour 10 and be out but i always end up doing maybe two of the three components I should do so I might do like lower body and a bit of core or I might do core and mobility or whatever if my legs are feeling pretty tired and then yeah because like I'm I've sort of changed my gym routine in the last few months so I'm not trying to go as heavy anymore I'm just I'm trying to be a bit more mobile and so um the reason I'm doing that is I feel like when I used to try and go really heavy in the gym, it, it, I would sometimes be really fatigued for workouts and I, I just don't want to compromise my workouts for gym. So because I don't get that, like that fatigue and that burn at the gym in my lower body anymore, like every time I go to the gym, the last thing I do will be like bench press or like some <laughs> stupid upper body thing. And like anyone who's seen me would know I don't have an upper body. So it's um, but like I, I'm lifting like these tiny little weights and man, the burn, like it just kills, but it feels really good. So that's, yeah, uh, yeah that's my time in the gym. Probably not super productive, but whatever. <laughs> um, so yeah, I did that Monday night. And then Tuesday, I had a really interesting workout. So Tuesday's track, um, I had, and normally I would just do K reps or, or some variation of K reps, like 2Ks and 500s or whatever. But um, so this week I had, I started with a 3K progressive. So starting at, um, what did I start at? 345 per K, which is 602s. And then getting down to 325, which is 530s. So 3K moving down there. And then I had um, a couple of minutes rest, I think two minutes standing or three minutes standing. And then 1400 at 335, 600 meters at 325 times two. So it was good. It went, it actually went really well. I'd been dreading this workout because I just thought that 3K, like 345, like I normally run my K reps at about 330, 335, but I thought starting at 345 and like working into 325 was just going to be really taxing for 3K straight. But that was actually pretty good. And then I think 
you always get that moment in a speed workout where, especially if you've been like dreading or a workout or finding it really daunting, you get this moment where something clicks and you're like, oh, I, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to finish this. Yeah. You know, because there's a period early on where you're like, shit, this looks so hard. I don't know if I can do this workout. And yeah, I think like after the first 1400, um, I had 60 seconds break before the 600 or something. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I can do this. This is fine. This will be all right. Um, and I've been I've been feeling like I'm getting that a lot lately. Like if I had to pick one thing that's been going the best for me, it would be Tuesdays, which is strange because that's not historically true for me. But yeah, you get to this point where you're like, all right, I'm going to get through it. And then the last like couple of reps honestly feels like a victory lap. Like it feels just, yeah. and then you relax, which makes it even easier. And it's just, yeah, it feels really, really good. So um, that was Tuesday. It's kind of a big morning by the end of it. It's about 17 Ks, like warm up, cool down session, whatever. So Tuesday morning's good. And then I'm in the office on Tuesdays. So it's like, hard session in the morning super early and then full day in the office <clears throat> just trying to like keep my head down and not be bothered by anyone <laughs> and then t- tuesday nights i do a small double i do like 20 to 25 minutes and it's not for it's not to add mileage or for volume or anything it's just because if i'm sitting in the office all day and then i'd like drive home i just mm. i feel like i feel like i tighten up a bit so it's just good to like I don't know. It feels good psychologically just to shake out a little bit. Um, Wednesday, I just have an hour easy and I do that around home. So I live, I live like in the mountains, basically. I live about 45 minutes out of the city now. So it's quite hilly, which means like easy runs are hard. So um, I did an hour at just under five minute K pace, but it had 260 meters of elevation, which is probably like, seven or 800 feet i guess so quite like quite a lot quite hilly um thursday another easy hour and and gym in the afternoon as well which is good friday i went to albert park so friday morning we do like threshold or marathon sessions at albert park so um if you watch the formula one grand prix like it's literally running around the track basically which is sick it's like it can get pretty windy, but it's also just the perfect surface. Like they look after that road, obviously super well for the race. So um, it's a great spot to train. I did, this week was pretty chill. I did two by 20 minutes at four minute K pace, which is in miles, 625s. Yeah. So two by 20 minutes at that um, with like, I think 90 second standing recovery. Felt all right. Like I, I'm... I'm kind of in a funny spot with my Friday workouts where like that's a little bit faster than marathon pace. I'm not going to run a marathon that quick, but I got through the workout. I got through it fine. I could have run faster, but I just, I don't, didn't get much confidence from it because it did feel like I was working a bit harder than I should have been. Yeah. And so I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I don't, I, yeah. But whatever. It's fine. It's done. Um, <laughs> and then Saturday is my favorite day of the week. Saturday is my easiest day of the week. So again, like Monday, it's a completely optional run. I think maximum 45 minutes, but I generally do like somewhere between 30 and 40 and just run 8K. So like five miles, very slow, like five, 520 per K, which is, uh, what's that? 830s. Yeah. Just like super chill. Chilling like with some mates. So yeah, it's like super easy and it's, I love it because because it's not a lot of running or it's not, you know, 
because it's Saturday, it's like you can sleep in a little bit, you go a bit later. Yeah. 40, 45 minutes, have a coffee, and like, yeah, you feel good about it. Um and then Sunday. So the thing that I find I need most of in a marathon block is like good long runs. Yeah. Just for confidence. Like I can get through speed sessions pretty well. I feel like I can kind of bluff my way through Friday workouts. Like I I can do Friday workouts. Like I you said you can't go as deep in training as you can in the race. I'm the opposite. I can go like really deep in training, but I just struggle on race day. But so Friday workouts are fine. But yeah, the thing I build a lot of confidence from is long runs. So um, we're doing something a bit different this block where I'm, my long runs are a lot longer, a lot earlier in the program, just for the confidence sake, I think. Um, so yesterday was two and a half hours. Um, pretty easy, like 4.45 pace. So what's that? Yeah, 7.40s. But yeah, two and a half hours, just over 32K, so about 20 miles. Um, Did that with a group. Like There was six or eight of us. And like I did the same run the week before but by myself and just like did that stupid thing when you go out by yourself and you start running a bit too fast accidentally and then (laughs) – like your ego won't let you slow down. So like by the time you like, you're like 5K in, you look at your watch, you're like, oh, I'm going too fast, but I can't slow down now. <laughs> so that, in. that kind of cooks me the week before. So yesterday I made a point of like running with a group so that that didn't happen. So like we, you know, we yeah. agree on a pace and we just chill at that. And I think as well, like the time just goes so much faster when you've got a group. Um, yeah. Oh, 100%. Felt really good through that two and a half hours i i took four gels i had one just before the start of the long run and then i had three on the run and that's something else i'm trying to do is like really like get my stomach used to gels and loading and stuff really early on in the block um what's your that's one thing i'd be interested in what's your approach to gels and nutrition and stuff like that yeah, I'm the worst person with this in the world, but I will say that it's a good question, and I do want to pull some stuff out that you said though, because I I think it, it like it is hitting me a lot, and I'm also curious about your long run approach because I always think it's a fun one. But to actually answer your question, um, historically, I mean, my marathon PR just for everyone who's listening, I think you already know this, Riley, but uh, I did not consume any fluids nor <laughs> nutrition during that race, uh, which is not something that anyone should ever do. I did the, the, the fun story, which, you know, the guy, uh, our mutual friend, Steve Finley, uh, handed me a Morton bottle at my like 21 of the New York city marathon. And I remember that year I like grabbed it. I tried to take a sip. The lid was closed and I was like, ah, screw this. I just threw it. And he to hear him tell it, he saw me like halfway up the block, just throw the bottle of Morton that he just get given me. And like, that sucked. Uh, I have gotten better. Like last year um, for Berlin, I practiced with a lot of fluids. So I'm good with fluids now. And, and like caloric fluids, I was doing a lot of um, like defizzed Coca-Cola, which I think was something that a lot of the people in like the 80s did. And then on race day, I did Morton um so that was fun did that and then this year not as diligent as you unfortunately but i have been practicing with gels um during my long runs i generally do one or two and then during the longer workouts i'm trying to do at least one and it's mostly just to like 
get something down. I, I need to like nail my nutrition strategy. I have a pretty weak stomach, which is where all of the like problems mm. come with it. But I found some stuff that works so far. I do definitely need to play with the Morton gels. I just haven't like been doing them. Um, but I have these like maple syrup things, which are actually kind of tasty and go down really easily. Um, like they're, they're pretty liquidy in terms of their consistency. And I like that. It's just easy. Um, so I've been doing those and those seem to work. I was doing some like honey things and that was a little difficult the last two weeks. So I think I'm going to go back to the, the maple syrup things, but like, uh, I need to nail it, but on the day I'll probably do like two or three gels. And then ideally I get a bottle or two of like the, the really concentrated, the Morton 320 and I'll probably do the caffeinated one. Um, just cause I have a pretty high caffeine threshold and like, I like caffeine. Um, so if I can get like 500 calories and I'd be really, really stoked about that. But you like, you've done gels before, right? During yeah. races. Yeah. Like, I you're just, better than I am. I just think like, I don't know, to me, it just feels like one of the controllables, right? Like that's one of those things you're really in control of. It's up to you. Like, I think it, it, the, the hardest thing with gels in race is like everything like everything mentally is telling you like i don't want another gel like my stomach doesn't want one my taste buds my mouth like i don't want one I, I sh i'm not gonna have it but like yeah it's it, so it can be really challenging like to have that last one which is probably the most important one right like because it's where you can lose a lot of time at the end so um yeah and like the other thing i've, I've been trying recently because normally on a long run like you're not under time pressure you're not worried about the watch like if you want to have a gel, you stop at a drink tap, have a drink, have a gel, whatever. But that's not what happens in races. So like yesterday I made a point of like having my gels without water because in the race, that's yeah. probably what I'm going to have to do. So I have my gels while I'm running and I don't stop to do that stuff. So yeah, I don't know, just a little like I'm, I'm not as fast as you. I can't afford for things to go wrong on race day. So I've got to like worry about all this little shit, you know? I, I don't think I can afford to have stuff going on on race day either. I just haven't. I mean, I will say like the, which I've been good at this year is I think in the past I was scared about how weak my stomach was that like, if I had the gel and my stomach didn't accept it and it ruined a workout, I like didn't want that to happen. Mm. Um, and this year I finally just like sucked it up. And what you were saying is perfect of like, I started trying to do gels um during like easy runs just to like practice it like get them down and then once i felt good with that i did one during a long run i did exactly what you were kind of saying before that you were doing of like i stopped i had the gel uh and then i ran a hard mile home just because that was the long run that i was doing and that felt good and now what i've been doing is exactly what you're saying and this is where that like consistency thing has come up for me recently have i because my lawn runs have generally had some sort of tempo mileage in them i've been trying to do the gel while running faster mm. and that's where i've kind of discovered this like this honey gel thing being harder to get down when i'm running faster it's just like whatever for whatever reason my body doesn't want that and the the maple syrup thing is liquidy and it's really easy to get down so i'm like okay like this feels better right now so like it, it's um something that i've committed to but to exactly your point like it's something that you can control it's something that i should be controlling and like get on top of 
uh, and like, it, there's no excuse to not do it. And now I've just finally sucked it up and gotten on top of it, which I feel more confident about, at least right now. We'll see what happens in the next few weeks. But for now, it feels good. Um, I want to, in a moment, I want to talk about work. Obviously, you work in the running space and we'll get on, get into that and how you balance work and running and that sort of stuff. But um, before we do that, I want to talk about footwear a little bit. Um, yeah. obviously you're a big footwear guy just from being in the sport so long, but obviously you used to work for Nike as well and played a big role in footwear there. What's, um, what's your footwear rotation look like during the week? Uh, dude, I mean, yeah, like, again, yeah, doesn't work on the, uh, the actual real life, but like, we've got all the shoes in the corner of the video that you're looking at. So we've got a lot of shoes and like, to exactly your point, I'm, uh, like having worked in the space and still working in the space. It's one of those things that I'm always just interested in. Like I, I with Nike was a store associate and then was an Ekin. Um, so like everyone who's really geeky about product, um, what, what I'll preface this by saying is like exactly what I said, super geeky and super like curious about different brands and footwear and stuff that comes out. Um, but simultaneously, like I, really like nike stuff spoiler alert there's gonna be a lot of nike in here and it's like it's the reason that i was working for nike um but in general i mean high level first of all um i generally run in some sort of like carbon plated shoe for most of my workouts so right now it's those two days a week i'll put on like a marathon racing shoe i'm a pretty uh big believer in one like rotating shoes i think is really good but then also i i really kind of lean into this concept and i think it's just like I, I the stress injuries that i had previously were all bone related stuff like i had stress fractures i had stress reactions i had full fractures um so i really really enjoy the like more foam more cushioning concept that these like marathon shoes have brought to the table right now easy runs i do in the invincible primarily the nike invincible three i think is the one they're on right now uh, i did just order a pair of the new infinities i'm very curious about that that was my favorite shoe two years ago three years ago i didn't love the prior versions but it looks like it might have gone back uh, i've also been running in the cloud surfer um from yep. on which has been like a surprisingly positive shoe uh in my mind i think it feels a little snappier it's a little less protective but like if i want to change it up for an easy day i'll throw those on um so really enjoying that so far and then uh for the workout stuff i mean the the main two right now i definitely rotate in the alpha fly occasionally mm -hmm. i ran in the alpha fly for my long run on saturday um and really enjoyed that but generally speaking i've been swinging between the the vaporfly three which most likely will be my marathon shoe it's the shoe that i've um been enjoying the most right now and ran the fastest and it's one of those weird ones actually of like i put that shoe on and i think i mean we've talked about it but like the original vaporfly you put that shoe on it felt crazy like how nuts it felt the vaporfly three did not feel like that when i put it on like it felt kind of normal but i've ran my best races in that shoe like i ran a really good 10 miler this spring i've ran really good workouts in it so it's one of those ones of like it might not feel as crazy but as soon as i start running fast like it just works with me really really well um so really enjoying that but then i also have a pair of the adios uh adidas adios pro three 
um, which I also really enjoy. I think it's a little bit wider of a shoe. So sometimes if I want something that feels a little bit more like stable, stable mm-hmm. is the wrong word because it's obviously not a stability shoe, but like I'll throw that on for a long run here or there as well. And I really enjoy that. But yeah, like that, that in general is kind of what I'm swinging between. And I know we've talked about it. So I have an idea what shoe you're liking for race day, but I'm curious what you're running in right now as well. I mean, we there's we've got some similarities, right? Like I I'm doing most of my easy days in the Invincible Threes as well. Like really, yeah. really, really like them. Didn't didn't love the twos, didn't even like the ones that much. I think when the ones came out, I was probably still wearing like Epic Reacts or Infinity Reacts or something yeah. like that. So Invincibles, I was like, eh, no. Nah. But I really enjoyed the threes. I think I'm on to my third pair now of the threes like that's how much i like them i'm wearing them for most things um workouts generally the adios pro three i just love that shoe like i love that shoe so much um so that'll that unless like unless something crazy happens in the next eight weeks that'll be my marathon shoe i just i've got a fresh fresh pair in the box that i'm just keeping keeping until race week and then Long runs is kind of where I mix it up. Like if if I get to Sunday and I'm still feeling a bit tired or whatever, then I'll probably wear Invincibles for long run. But um, the last couple of weeks, I've been wearing the New Balance SC Elite, so like their carbon racing shoe. I really like that shoe. I don't think it's it's definitely not the fastest carbon shoe out there, but it's to me, it's the one that feels most like a normal shoe from a comfort yeah. perspective and cushion and stuff like that. Um, so I wear that for long runs at the moment because it I can go a bit quicker if I need to. And I feel like because it's got a lot of stack, I do recover pretty well from wearing that, which is obviously the yeah. other benefit to wearing carbon shoes. So um, yeah, that's kind of my long run shoe. But yeah, I think Adios Pro 3 will be the way to go for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a good shoe. It's cool how much like all of the shoes have gotten better is like the the most exciting thing in the end. I think like generally speaking, and it's just like what every footwear person ever would say, but like everyone's stride's so different. Everyone's gotta find what works for them. And it's kind of this fun space right now of like there's a different brand that's making a different shoe that like is a slightly different shape, but like all of them are doing really well, whether it's new balance Adidas on even Nike, obviously Saucony X, Y, Z, like everyone's come out with their version of it. And that's why it's like always this fun game. I mean, I I'm not sure how you decide in the end, but I'm definitely kind of in the space sometimes of like, I have one or two good racers or one or two good workouts. And I'm like, oh, this shoe is like, it's the shoe. this is my shoe. It's the shoe. Like yeah. it, it works really well. Cause there is a piece of like, I, I think you've heard it as well, but like there's the responders and the non-responders uh, to all of this carbon footwear stuff. And like, I don't know if I'm a responder or not, but what I usually internalize it as is like, if I feel good and I'm running fast and something, like it probably means that the shoe is working well. Um, and like I yeah like the it, it truly it's the ten miler that I had I ran like a massive PB up in April and it was in a pair of the new Vaporflies and I'm like okay like this shoe is awesome like I it has to be working with my stride really really well it's funny right like you don't give any of the credit to all the training and like the <laughs> great sessions and stuff um hey let's, sure. <laughs> let's let's talk a bit about work and 
yeah. and how you get that work balance with running and stuff. Maybe let's start by talking about what you do for anyone who doesn't know. Uh, brand marketing at Bandit Running, is that right? Yeah, I, my job title probably I could make up of 15,000 different things because we're a, a small startup. But yeah, like brand brand experience marketing is technically what I do, but the whole team, there's 11 of us, um, do pretty much everything. And and Bandit, which I'm sure you're going to say, but I'm going to steal the thunder, is a, it's a running apparel startup based out of New York City. So Great Point, Brooklyn. Um, yeah, small company, do a lot. It's super fun. How do you find... Because I have my own perspective on this. Obviously, I spent five odd years at Tempo, which meant running literally 24-7. Like my whole life was running yeah. like weekends, all that stuff. Um, how do you find that? I mean, you've got your own training to do. You do, you know, you've got passion projects like Lost Boys and stuff like that that you're heavily involved in. And then you go to work every day and sit and talk about running as well. Like, how do you find that being on the whole time? Yeah, it's the, it's always a really fun conversation. The easiest way that I've figured out how to answer this and it brings in more context. I'm sure everyone who's listening is like, uh, Tim just like goes on tangents all the time, but I like the context. Uh, I, when I was in college, um, I was a pre-law student, which isn't a real thing. It just means that you want to go to law school. Um, and I went to law school for a semester before I realized that it was not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life um, and left, which was a very good choice in hindsight. Um, at the time, it was a little more scary. But the, the reason that I bring that up is like, there was a point in my life where I was definitely in the headspace of like, I want a job. Like, I, I want to be a lawyer. That's what I want to do. Um, granted when I was in law school, I would tell people that I wanted to do sports and entertainment law. So I wanted to be connected to sport in some way. Um, but like have a normal job. Um, and then when I left law school, I kind of had this pivot internally of like, I want to do something that I'm passionate about. And there's definitely times where like, I wish that there was part of it where it's like, could there be a better degree of separation? Like there, I mean, everyone, like the cliches, you get injured and it sucks to talk about running. Um, and, and I've had to go, go through that. And that's definitely unfortunate where it's like, well, my job is to now like go and, and work in the running space, even though I don't want anything to do with it right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, on the whole, I think what I've kind of landed on is like, I would much prefer like, working professionally in something that I'm extraordinarily passionate about and I'm never going to be good enough at running where like running can become my profession because I'm good at running. That's just not in the cards. Um, and, and the next best thing is to like be able to have uh, an impact on the sport via uh, career. And that's like really thankfully what Nike enabled when I was working with Nike and brand marketing, what we're doing with Bandit now is all stuff that I'm super excited about. Um, and, and it's just kind of cool. There is definitely, uh, uh, what's the right way? Like there, when you're super passionate about something, sometimes you do need to be able to like take a step back. And it's something that I've had to learn over the years, mostly because there's things that like you're really passionate about and you really want to do, but don't make any sense for a brand to be involved with. Yeah. Um, whether that be like a million different things, a lot of the time it's just straight up like safety. It's like, Hey, a brand can't put their name on like an <laughs> yes. insane event or something like that. That's just not something. And I think that's like a, it, you learn it over time, but yeah, I mean like that, that's the easiest way of describing it. And it is really, really fun 
um, to bring those worlds together when they come together in a, in a way that you're super excited about. Like Bandit just did some stuff in Eugene supporting athletes that were unsponsored that like I was super excited to see that come to life because personally I'm just like think that it was a cool project objectively to like try and uh like change the sponsorship model a little bit and hopefully start a conversation and that was super cool I mean it's always fun to be like involved in the New York City Marathon involved in those big moments and then ideally have like an impact on people's lives via sport because like I I did not grow up running I grew up playing other sports and I found running via Nike so when I was working with Nike it was really cool to like be able to introduce running to people that had not had it in their lives before and and that's really because like that's what I personally am passionate about um I I taken this answer in a million different ways but yeah like yeah, I think in general I'm just more excited to be doing that and like get fired up about stuff then like have a job that I don't really like care about what I'm doing as much and, and like that in the nicest way possible because it takes stress off of it and a lot of the time you can be really objective I've had the opportunity and and super thankful for it to have people who are like more removed from the running community or more removed from the sport who have been my colleagues and people that I've worked with in the variety of jobs that I've held. And I genuinely think that those are very often the like most important voices in the room sometimes because they'll gut check you. They're like, you have blinders on and you're biased even if you don't realize it. And it's really helpful to have a voice like that that can balance out the passion at times. Well, yeah, because like even when you go home at the end of the day, right? Like your girlfriend's a really legit runner too. So you way more legit than I am. (laughs) I wasn't going to say it, but yeah. So you you are, you, you really are surrounded by it. One of the things I find interesting about being in the running industry and I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm still in it through various projects, but I'm not in it. You know, it's not my nine to five anymore, but um there's like a gift and a curse element the gift is you get to experience running in a whole different ways because running does mean something different to everybody and you know if I wasn't involved in the industry my my experience with running would just be my mates who surprise surprise are all very similar to me we have very similar outlooks and opinions and perspectives and ability and whatever but because I'm involved in the industry I get to mix with a whole group of people I never would normally meet or hang out with or associate with. And I get to hear about their experiences in running or their perspectives. And so that's a really great part of it is you have this like really rounded view and experience of running. But then yeah, I think I think the curse of it sometimes is like um when I, you know, if I'm working with a brand or I'm doing something I can I can fall into this trap of like well, that's not what I like, or that's not how I would do it, or I don't think that's real running. You know what I mean? Like, you get, yeah. you, because you are so passionate about it, and because you like you are, and we've got like I always have to remind myself like we are like the point one percent of real hardcore running nerds that know way more than anyone needs to know about it, and it's like that's not reality for most people. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it can be, yeah, it doesn't have to be um as kind of strict or as like hardcore as we make it out sometimes yeah yeah there's uh the i mean immediately what is coming to mind i'm gonna forget the guy's name but it's there's this guy on linkedin who used to be like the chief storyteller for nike and he was just involved really early on and one of the things that he 
he had this long post about it once of like as he got older and older he he started to have the shift with some of the nike sports marketing or nike marketing that was coming out where he like didn't feel as connected to it and then one day he just realized that like he was now a 60 year old who like Nike wasn't trying to speak to the same way that they were trying to speak to him mm-hmm. and to exactly what you're saying of like, it, it's a big Nike thing. And I think it's really helped me in my career of like always starting stuff with who the consumer is and exactly what you're saying. And I, I think I'm still trying to figure it out all the time, but like there's times where I put on my like Tim Rossi is the runner hat. And I like really try and think deeply about like, is this the right thing to do? Is this the, does this make sense? But then balancing that with exactly what you're saying of times like where a new shoe comes out, a new product comes out, there's a new campaign that's coming in. Like I might not be the person that we're trying to connect with. Uh, and, and it's really hard. It was really hard when I started to like realize that not everything that a brand was going to do is supposed to speak directly to me. And like, that's a really self-centered way of thinking about things, but like, it's definitely a way I thought about it at one point in my life. Uh, and, and like having that shift is super important. Cause yeah, to exactly your point, like we're in such a bubble in, in a really cool way, but like it is a bubble and there's so much more to the running world than just like what we're involved in, whether it be the community scene, whether it be like the, the various things that we talk about, um, like the the nerdiness of running, the sharp point of following Budapest and world champs and all that. Like, there's a whole other world of running. Um, and, and yeah, sometimes it's like not supposed to be talking to you, and that that's an important realization. Yeah. As stupid as it sounds, no, you're right. Like, yeah, like I find as well. You know, and it's probably similar for you with Lost Boys, right? But like, you know, me and a buddy, Kieran, co-founded Hunter, and like that was like really early on in like well early on for australia in terms of like run crew stuff like it was obviously what we're doing is very much inspired by some of the new york stuff and some of the really great european and sort of scandinavian stuff but um you know we were kind of pretty early on to that here and so kind of shaped it how we wanted to shape it and then now i look at like other groups or things popping up and like my initial I've really had to catch myself. Like I think initially if when I see things, I'm like, ah, that's a bit lame. Like that's not, that's not, yeah. re- that's not real running or that's a bit like, what are you guys doing? That's not, you're not taking it seriously or whatever. But then it's like, hang on, like that's what works for them. They love it. They're getting more people out moving and like, you know, by any means necessary sort of thing. So yeah, I think there's a level of maturity when you finally like, you don't look at things as like, oh, I don't like that or that's not how I would do it. You look at it like, cool, that's their spin on it just as we put our spin on things we're inspired by, right? And there's there's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, 100%. Now, so we are nine weeks out from Chicago. We're feeling, we're feeling pretty good. We're, we're both kind of building, building, building. What, will you, will you have any sort of, and maybe you don't know, but will you have any lead up races between now and then or is it just training grind? It, it's a good question. So I'm doing hood to coast with the lost boys squad. We're going to go back out there and try and set the course record, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, and like as an aside, I mean, the spark notes hood to coast is a 200 ish mile relay, 12 people. I love that race. Cause it's like one of the few times that the team aspect gets to come mm. together. Um, I've done that before I did it in 2018 and I'm probably going to do the same segments that I did in 2018. So it'll be fun to like be able to compare a little Mm. bit because of that. The early conversation has been like, 
but the coast is hard. You run three times, you run about 18 miles total. Um, my coach is like, let's see how you come off of that. But what he's leaning towards right now is like, we'll have some big workouts, but we won't do like a half marathon tune up or we won't do a 10 K tune up. We'll probably do like a, I mean, I don't know what he has cooking, but like in my mind, it would be like a 10 to 16 mile tempo run that you go out and do and you do pretty hard. When I was working with him very early on last year, he had me do 13 at like marathon pace mm-hmm. um, as like kind of a test three or four weeks out. So we'll probably end up doing something like that. But I'm curious. I, I've done the half marathon in the past, I should say, and I love that. It's just the timing with Chicago this year. Uh, what are you, are you leaning towards one? I know you've raced a bunch though in the last few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I have a bit, which has been good more for confidence, confidence than anything like confidence that I'm going into the block feeling fit. Um, yeah, I don't know. So about a month before Chicago, we've got this really great local half marathon here. It's like pretty flat, pretty fast. I set my half marathon PR there last year. So part of me is like, perfect timing it's a month out you should go back and go you know go again but but i'm i'm trying to think more psychologically about it like if i go and do it this year i'm going to expect a pr because i'm fitter at this point this year than i was at this point last year right so if i go and do it this year i'm going to expect a pr so if i get one great if i get one great but it doesn't necessarily help my marathon if i don't get one i'm going to be like crying you know, so I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I, I think I'll see what my coach says. I'd be interested to kind of try and do it as a race simulation, like maybe do a slightly longer warm up, like a 10K warm up, and then try and run the half more at marathon pace. Cause I like so much of the marathon is being disciplined to not run too fast. And I think if I'm in a half marathon where people are running past me, that's really good practice of like, can I be disciplined yeah. to be like, no, 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 stick to marathon pace, you know? So I'd be interested to do it that, but you know, ultimately if my coach says you're racing it, then I'm racing it. So we'll see. It, it's so hard. I I've gone back. And so I, I will say I am extraordinarily bad at running races and not racing them. Like yeah. I suck at that. <laughs> I get sucked in, uh, which is really hard. Uh, that's fine. I will say we we did the last training week, but if we've gone one day further back, I had a really big workout that was running a race as part of a workout, um, which was like the first time that I've probably executed that decently. But even that, like I struggle really, really heavily with doing that. So the psychological thing, exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying of like, I've often ended up in this space personally where like, I'm not racing it. So I don't run a PB or I don't, don't run better than I've ever ran before, but I run faster than intended. And then I get in this weird mental space of like, well, did that feel too hard? Was it actually a race? Was that like, it's fitted in it? Like all the doubt starts to creep in because of that, um, which is just stupid. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, but like, that's definitely the way that my head goes. Um, so I, I like the race in it, but also like exactly what you're saying of the, the discipline in the marathon is extraordinarily important and doing a half is that kind of simulation is actually a really interesting idea of like, do a longer warm up, ensure that like you're letting people pass you and you're not getting like fired up too early. I actually think that could be really, really cool. 
as well. But maybe I'll just race it and crush. Like, who knows? <laughs> yeah, and, like, so part of me is tempted to race it because I always feel like, you know, if, you know, worst case, if the marathon doesn't go well, it'd be nice to still get a half marathon PR out of the block. But then, like, yeah, I mean, even if I do race it and I run a PR in the half, like, so what? It's a different, like, aerobically, I think, I think yeah. the pace difference, it's like it's a different zone to the marathon, right? So, yes, it's a good workout, but it's not necessarily, well, I don't know. I'm not a coach and I could be wrong, but I, I don't think it's necessarily <laughs> helping me run a better marathon four weeks later or five weeks later. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's definitely not a bad thing if you're PR in, but I, it's exactly what you're saying of like there, there's definitely a uh, – you don't want to like cook yourself in a half marathon too close to a marathon and then be like, well, that was my best race of the entire block. It's hard. It's like, Hey, have you done the races before? I I mean, like myself, I've done in 2018, I ran a half that was kind of like a completely solo effort. Um, and I didn't run a PB, but I like ran within 10 or 15 seconds of it. And that was like, okay, like I know I'm good to go. Um, but that was the best that it's ever gone for me. Like that, that's one that sticks out. Yeah. So, you know, last year was this exact situation. I I ran this yeah. half and then four weeks later it was Melbourne marathon. And yeah, the half was a PB by like two and a half minutes. Like, so a big, a big result. Yeah, huge. And then the marathon, I completely bombed. So, and then like, I remember we were looking back at it maybe a week after the marathon with my coach. And he was like, you know what, that day you ran that half, that was your, that was your day. Like that was your race day. Yeah. You, 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 you spent, you spent everything that day. Like that was your kind of, yeah. So, so that's kind of playing in my mind as well. Like it is four weeks out. Am I better to just keep my head down and keep training or, or do the race? But I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Um, it's, it's all fun. You may, I think we've covered everything I wanted to cover. <laughs> Hell yeah. Sick. Dude, Nailed I it. love it. The the only one I want to say is the I remember the uh the what you were talking about with the training stuff. I think that's part of the fun with the marathon, how you were saying there's like a point in workouts that you get over and you're like, oh, I'm gonna finish this. Like I think that like that really resonated with me of like, damn, like that's kind of exactly where I am holistically with marathon training of like getting over that hump. Right now mm. it's like you just keep building and building and building and then all of a sudden you're going to get over a hump and it's going to be like, Oh sick. Like I can actually do this. Uh, and, and yeah, I think like anyone that's listening, that's getting ready for a marathon. I hope that like hits home for them as well. Cause I think that's a, uh, like the big piece of all of this in the end, but yeah, dude, I mean, Chicago is going to be fun where yeah, nine weeks away is crazy to say out loud. Uh, we're sneaking up. We're going to keep chatting about it. I'm sure. Hopefully yeah. we follow up I- IRL baby in Chicago uh it's gonna be fun <laughs> yeah well I'll, I'll be um we're coming to new york first like maybe a week and a half before yeah. chicago so yeah we'll get maybe maybe that final taper long run central park or something would be good dude hell yeah that'd be sick we'll and go then, run a half marathon pb in central park a week <laughs> before the race and just ruin our races <laughs> just, yeah um and and so for anyone listening if you want to subject yourself to more of Tim and I's rubbish, um, you can do that on Threads. Actually, of all places, who would have thought Threads? Uh, yeah, fo- uh, follow Tim and or myself on Threads. We talk about 
Chicago Marathon prep two, three, four times a week. It's a good time. It's very niche content, but if that's what you're interested in, check it out. Um, otherwise, I will we will link in the show notes to like where to find Tim on Instagram and Strava. Actually, probably one of the best follows on Instagram, mostly for your running hype segment. Actually, before we go, do you want to talk to us about running hype? Uh, dude, I, I'll again keep it short with this one. But yeah, running hype's fun. I used to do an internal newsletter uh, during COVID. I started sending it around at Nike just to like give people content to consume because there's a lot of old race videos and there was no sports. And it has since morphed into like it, every Monday or Tuesday if I forget on Monday. I don't usually forget. I just like get lazy on Monday. Um, but I try and do like the top three things that I've seen both from like the pro world, the community world, or just like random stuff um, that like I think is really cool within running. It generally tries to stay extraordinarily positive. So I, I stray away from a lot of the like not fun stuff that happens in the sport. Um, but it's cool. You'll see a lot of Fred Curley content. That's like 90% of what you get because Fred Curley's a man. Um, but yeah, dude, it's a lot of fun. I, I I like when like people hit me up and aren't connected to it. I like to think of it as a bridge a lot of the time because just like through my various jobs and stuff, I've got to meet a lot of people who are on the community side that don't know the professional side and the pro side. It's so niche. And like trying to to bridge that gap, if you will, which is what a million different clubs and crews are trying to do at this point. But yeah, it's fun. It's definitely a fun one. If you've got any ideas, I'm always I've got a little notes app on my phone that I try and keep track of stuff. <laughs> uh, I like, oh, I, I see a tweet or I see something funny or a thread. I guess that is that how we say it? Have we decided it's a thread? I, I don't know. Um, I, I still haven't. I don't think I've said that out loud yet. So we'll we'll workshop that. Um, but yeah, send me some stuff if anyone's got any anything that they've got going on. I like when people send me things of like this should be on running hype and it's like their own shit. because uh, <laughs> a lot of the time it is cool. Like it, 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 the times that that's happened, let me say it is like cool shit that's happened. So it's not a bad thing. Okay. All right. Good to know. All right. Well, um, Tim, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Been a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, we chat anyway, so it's nothing really unusual, <laughs> but yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully the audience of FTK have got to learn something more about you and your training. And um, I'm sure people will be following along on, on race day to see how you go. So uh, yeah, thanks for your time. Dude, it's going to be fun. Appreciate it. We'll chat soon, dude. Thanks, man. <laughs>